0: Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by the Reformed African American Network. I am your host, Tyler Burns. So excited to be with you guys today. You can follow me on Twitter at Burns23. Follow at your own risk. We're also glad to have with us, as always, the president of the Reformed African American Network. The doctor, the bishop, the apostle. Jamar Tisby, what's going on, brother?
1: Definitely not apostle, um, nor messing. bishop, uh, nor doctor yet. Yeah, yeah. for, for all of our
0: theologically inclined friends, sorry. <laughs> it was just a joke, I promise.
1: <laughs> Lowercase a. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I have no titles, which is kind of awkward. Like when I do speaking engagements and whatnot, I'm not a doctor or a reverend or anything like that. So they're like, "What? What should we call you? What should we call you?" I'm just, I. yo,
0: that's the wrong. worst, man. When they call you like <laughs>
1: minister or they call you like
0: Rev, and and it's weird. Like some people just don't know what to say, so they're like,
1: "Oh, Jamar Tisby." You <laughs> like, like, you're like hey. Hey. <laughs> I ain't got no credentials. So
0: see, but see, because here's the thing: they they list your bio, and your bio super long. And then all, the, all the places where you talked, all the places where you you've written, all the you know incredible things that
1: you've done, and then it's like put your hands together for Jamar Tisby. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't That's mind it. I just feel I just feel I feel bad what? for the people announcing it. I'm I'm like I'm sorry. You're you just it's Bro, I really gotta short. see that. I gotta see that happen. I haven't seen you introduced <laughs> in a while. I gotta see. To uh, it, is it, is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. So what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, swamp, man, my weeks, like, like, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is when I have a class. And so I'm just dead to the world, basically, uh, unless it's in between times, like walking to class or, or eating lunch. So uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a sprint every single week. But it, then again, it's a marathon because, you know, just when you get through the week, you got to start it all over. Um, yeah. So, so, I'm glad we're recording this when we are the day I don't have class. Maybe you get a little bit better uh, mental power from me, but I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying everything that I'm learning. um, we'll get into that a little bit uh with today's yeah. topic um how are you doing, man? What's new?
0: man It's been uh um it's been a crazy couple of weeks, and you know some of the stuff I've told you just offline, man, but it's been it's been just a crazy couple of weeks. Nothing, you know, like life-threatening or, you know, people are going through much worse, but, you know, trouble is trouble, man, and just kind of impressed. Um, but the Lord has been faithful, and the Lord has shown up in a lot of different ways. So, been really leaning on um, just the, the goodness of God in this time, in this season, and also, man, 2016 has just been... Oh, man. I mean, 2016 can just take a walk, man. It can 2016 take can take five seats. 2016 has been the year of the L, um, which is you know a social media jargon and language, urban slang, I guess, for just the the loss, man. So it's been it's been the the L, the L-est year mm. <laughs> of of <laughs> that I've seen mm. in a in a minute, man. Just crazy stuff going on, but in the midst of that, man, it's it's just great. As we'll talk about today, to press into some things that encourage us and just to be able to say, even in the midst of this, there is joy. Um, there is hope. You know, God is our refuge, man. And so I've been leaning and pressing into that. And I heard, it's funny. I was listening to a message just last night. I couldn't sleep and I was listening to a message by, um, a guy who's it, the title of the message was the ministry of my scars. And it was talking about the healing process of scars now most of us want god to heal us immediately heal us quickly and he said something that was crazy it rocked me he said you know the reason why a lot of us still have scars is because when you're in the healing process you have to stay close to the doctor (laughs) right like Uh like when you're in the healing process you have to go back constantly go back to the doctor to get checked up constantly go back to the doctor so he can age or healing." And it's crazy to think about, man, that even in the midst of, of this, you know, where a lot of us are going through personal difficulty and then we see things on the national scale, man, Christ has pulled us close, man. <laughs> Thank oh, God man. that in, in the time of trouble, he's our hiding place, man. So I just press into that, man. And um, yeah, I'm just, the, the podcast and especially the Pastor Mike Facebook group whew, has just been a light, um, an oasis That's in fun. the desert, man, uh, for sure.
1: That's good, man, that's good, well, it's been a heavy, like you said, the year of the l in two thousand sixteen, so we got a topic I hope will be encouraging, yeah,
0: so we're gonna to talk today about you know some of you guys heard us last year we did um we started something that hopefully will become an annual tradition, which is our top five cultural artifacts of the year, just five things, not necessarily just from the year twenty. Fifteen, which was last year, or not just from the year that in that that we're recording the episode, but it really can be anything that we've read, seen, listened to, heard, a person that we've interacted with, um, a magazine or blog article, um, a Facebook video, anything that we've encountered that has just encouraged us that we just want to draw attention to. So I figured, man, since we're going through just this heavy time of fatigue and angst and pressure. Wouldn't it be cool to just talk about five things that are just encouraging us in culture, five things that have gotten us through the year so far, 2016? Now, now, obviously, we know that we are we are only here by the grace of God. So the Bible is assumed. We may mention particular passages or, or, or what have you. The gospel is assumed. Christ is assumed. The church is assumed. Um, Godly fellowship is assumed. But outside of that, just in the natural flow, Seeing the evidences of God working in common grace and then also seeing the evidences of creativity from our brothers and sisters in Christ to say, man, this is encouraging and this keeps me keeps me going. This has been just a a bright spot in a dark year. So we got five things, no particular order Um, in all of this, man. This is we're probably going to be saving. I know for me and probably for Jamar, too, I'm going to save some things for the end of the year list. (laughs) So I'm not going to mention them. And oh, some of these, may, yeah, so some of these may be repeats at the end of the year, but, you know, okay, I'm kind of yeah. saving certain things, you know, I, I guess I should say I'm saving my more controversial things for, for later. So I, I have oh, a better okay. framework to, to argue, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so just top five things, Jamar, you got any honorable mentions, uh, any things that didn't make your five, but potentially you just wanted to shout out?
1: Yeah, I so writing writing the the act of writing is an honorable mention for me because I haven't done much this year. Um but whenever I do it it's cathartic. Um I think one of the things that I was empowering to me and could be empowering to others is one of my professors said, you know, and others have said it, but you don't you don't r- write to say what you think. A lot of times you write to figure out what you think. And ah,
0: that's good. Doc.
1: That, that, that was helpful to me because I'm like, oh, well, I got to have a fully formed thought, idea, angle, whatever, before I sit down to write. When the reality is for me, most of the time I have kind of a vague thought or, or something that's that's on my mind. And then I sit down and I start typing. And that's when I figure out what I really think about it. So then that helps me just kind of maneuver and understand life
0: that's fresh man that's really good perspective
1: yeah any other honorable mentions or was writing your only one uh it's right now i'm sure as we get into it i'll be like oh yeah but But, about that one (laughs) see i feel bad. i got like four
0: honorable mentions right so okay
1: all right okay (laughs) and then and
0: then a couple of them have like a couple of you know different things under that category so i'll just start from the top just just four quick things overall um an album by the dream junkies it's called good religion um, so if you like West Coast hip hop, I'm particularly a fan of, you know, creative lyricism, classic sounds. Um, this album is for you. It's by three Christian brothers, John Gibbs, Ruslan and Belief. Um, so it's West Coast themed album. Very fresh, man. It's accompanied so much of my drives and in the beautiful Florida weather. It's been particularly apropos for some of the, the scenery. So that's been cool. Um, also, man, want to give a shout out to. Twitter, man, Twitter's been encouraging, bro, like particularly certain timelines. And I I know you're here, so I'm not trying to flatter you, but still, your timeline, Jamar Tisby, has been a source of encouragement. You've given me a lot to think about, a lot to to marinate on. Also, want to shout out a friend of the show, Kimini Uwan, her timeline at Sista underscore theology is fresh. It is hard hitting. It's in your face. It's gospel centered, um, theology saturated. It's just really encouraging. I also want to shout out my brother, Wes Pendleton. Um, I don't really know him personally, but he is hilarious. And his gifts, people are like, man, where do you get your gifts, your memes, and your pictures from? Wes Pendleton. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So so Wes P, man. So uh, he's at Wes Penn underscore 215. So especially when basketball season comes around, he's the go-to for basketball, the go-to yeah. Christian brother for basketball. Um, and there's some others, you know, I could just go on and, and keep mentioning them, but but your timeline is so important. I also want to throw out there in my third category is books. So a couple of books I've been reading that have been encouraging to me, April 4th, 1968 by Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, um, just kind of peering into that fateful day when Dr. King was shot and killed, that's been really encouraging just to read some of the great stories of Dr. King's perseverance and also of his humanity. Um, He was a man with clay feet, just like the rest of us. Also, um, Rethinking Celebration by Cleophas LaRue. If you are a part of a black church, If you want to press into what the black church does as far as celebration and the celebratory nature of our praise and our worship, this is a great book for you, kind of peers into the different arguments, especially if you're a churchman, you'll really dig it. And then finally, Fight by Preston Sprinkle, which is a Christian case for nonviolence. Um, That's been encouraging. And it's also shaped and formed a lot of my thoughts Mm. on the topic, Um, challenged me to, to research some things. And um hold off on buying that gun. So yeah. Um and finally, just gotta shout out Fred Hammond's new album, which just came out today. Uh ah, okay. worship journal. Look, man, a lot of people don't know Fred Hammond. So I can't I can't have a podcast talking about cultural artifacts and not mention <laughs> the the most well rounded gospel artist of our generation, like by far, in my opinion. So I've only been able to listen to Four of the songs that he's released previously, all vintage Fred Hammond. Uh, check out the song "God Is Our Refuge," which is incredibly encouraging in these times, and then also "Father Jesus Spirit," which is predictably a song about the Trinity, but it's funky and it's 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 fresh. So. Yeah, those are my honorable mentions. <laughs> Dude, that's
1: those are. Your, I can't wait to get to the top
0: <laughs> Oh, we got clips, man. We got clips and clips, man. We.
1: Oh wow!
0: This has been. See, it's 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 always interesting because even in the worst of times, it's always the best of times too, right? There's always that's creativity right. that's coming out and being produced from this pain. And some of this, this is just recent stuff, except for the books, really. And so there's some other stuff on the list that's. Semi-recent, but yeah, we'll get into that. So start with your first one, Jamar. Okay.
1: Um, (laughs) Trying to follow all that. Uh, First one. These are in no particular order. Um, I'll start out with kind of the sober, Christian-y one, and this has been more recent for me too, but it's massively important, and it's become sort of a cliche in Christian circles, but I hope that we really don't think of it that way. And it's quite simple, man. It's prayer. Huge. I mean, how do you get through life, let alone a time of like this acute racial tension that we're in right now? But what one thing that really got me um, reconsidering my prayer life and trying to dive deeper in there is something a pastor named Tim Keller said. And, um, you know, this is a guy who by... All accounts from a, 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 you know, local church congregation pastor has been extremely effective, right? Mm-hmm. He, he planted a church in Manhattan in the 80s, late 80s, which at that time nobody was going to, no evangelical Christians, no, you know, theologically conservative Christians going to. It's blew up, you know, it's got ton of people, thousands and thousands of people, multiple campuses. Uh, he's got a, a huge sermon ministry books coming out every other day yeah unusually um, effective like yeah normally like, you know and 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 so so now he's at the point in his career where he can kind of look back and, and most of it's behind him and he, he's, he's considering the next step and somebody asked him you know if you could go back and do one thing differently or do more of something you love something and the, and the thing he said was um i would pray more and it was man. it was shocking because I'm like, what? I mean, clearly you've prayed. You're a pastor. Your church is huge. People love the ministry. But he says he didn't really even understand the power of prayer until later in his career. And so he wrote a whole book about it. As is, in fact, the one interview we have with Tim Keller is over his book on prayer when it when it I had claim just the fame come right out. There, man. That
0: Tim Keller interview, That's... man. That's... <laughs>
1: Yeah, we had exactly 15 minutes with him, so it was real short. You could look it up on RandNetwork.org, but um, but so he talked about that, um, and he wrote a whole book on prayer. And I've just been trying to really be much more honest with God. You know, you know, even I don't know what 20 years in as a Christian, I kind of feel like even in prayer, just me and God, I try to say the. Right things a Christian should say, and I'm struggling to be take off the filter and just be straight up with God. Tell Him where I am, ask Him for what I think I need, and then submit it all to His will. So, prayer is number one.
0: Man, that's really encouraging. That is so true um, and very convicting to hear you say that as well. So I hope we hope we take heed. Is there any prayer method that you use? Anything particular, or just
1: man get it in? Man, the biggest thing is you know people uh, talk a lot about. So this is this is one of the questions I asked uh, Pastor Keller was, you know, what's the best way to address God? And he says, well, Father is is what he uses, what he uses um, in the Lord's prayer. So that's always a good one. And then you have Abba, which is a, a, a very intimate term. Um, but talking to a counselor friend of mine, uh, Brandon, he's actually written for Rand Network about PTSD and Black people. Um, he 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 the way he prays is he he says Papa and uh kind of carries that term forward into a modern and a personal language. And so I've 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 really started mm. to try to think about how I address God in ways that for me what I struggle with is is believing that God is really near. I have no problem believing that mm. God is powerful mm. and big. What I what I struggle with is believing that God is close and knows me personally. And wants me to come to him as a father desires for his child. So I've just been playing around with different um different terms, uh uh different ways to address God. You know, dad, daddy, pop, papa, that helped me connect with him on that personal level.
0: Man, that's encouraging, brother. That's very encouraging. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, so let me get let me get mine out the way.
0: Um Number five, and, and again, this is in no particular order, but you know, my first one on the list is the Netflix TV show, Stranger Things. Ah, okay. uh, nice. <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, so all these things aren't going to be like black. You know, yeah. Some of them
1: are. <laughs> or are heavy. Right. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: or heavy. You know what I'm saying? I feel weird going from prayer to Stranger yeah.
1: Things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you did, man. We need that.
0: Hey, man. Hey, so- this, this if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's on Netflix, um, as I said, and it's a coming-of-age thriller with a, a group of, of young friends and also a group of just preteens, teenagers, and they encounter this paranormal activity in their small town. Um, there's a lot of horror in this. There's a lot of suspense, um, but the characters for me are just so worth it, man. The characters and the passion, there's a lot of humor there's this ups and downs of friendship and complexity. There, there's uh, mother son relationships, son uh, mother relationships. There's influences mainly. I mean, there's really not a lot of great fathers in this, which is yeah. odd. But there's um, a strong
1: male character, the sheriff.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a male character, but yeah, a, it's, it's sort of father. the. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it, but there is yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah. a fatherhood tinge to it. Um, but overall, man, it's just fun. It's just a fun ride. Like it's something I would encourage you to just watch with people. It's definitely not like this solo show. Like when I was watching the Netflix show Making a Murderer um last year, um that was like very intense and it was a documentary and it was, you know, it was something that that swept throughout the nation, but it was very it's not. It didn't lend itself for you to watch it with other people. <laughs> you know, Stranger Things. You gotta have fun with it. I mean, there's a lot of great characters. There's a lot of supernatural elements to it. Uh, plus, it features a blurred character, um, which stands for Black Nerd, by the way. Blurred. That's what they call <laughs> him. Um, his name is Lucas on the show. He's everything I would have wanted to be at his age, but <laughs> I just wasn't that cool. Um, he is I'm, cool, kind of, man. Uh, he's cool. He's intense, but he's cool. You know, he's kind of like young, angry black man um but <laughs> which it, which again no. i don't want to give it away
1: but he's 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 cool though he's he's a cool kid uh i'm glad you said that man i'll be honest with you i did not want to jump on the bandwagon so for the longest i avoided that show i'm like there's no way it can be that good yeah. if this many people are saying it's that good right right, right. so so finally one day i broke down i'm like all right let me check this out let me watch the first episode so like nine episodes later, look man,
0: <laughs> look man, it's it so was weird.
1: everything, man. It was good. That's that that those op that opening um musical theme is killer, man. It's it's so vintage eighties, man,
0: and it's got so many so many nostalgic elements, and you know that. Yes, yeah, so it takes place in the nineteen
1: eighties, right?
0: Yeah, it's so fresh, man, and so it's a lot of things. So as a period piece, like it's a lot of things that kind of harken back to. Just eighties the way they did things in the eighties and the music and the games that were playing the the fashion everything it's just really cool man So yes. that's that's my that's my number five Lighten <laughs> it up a little bit, stranger things again listen it's it's horror- I'm not really a horror guy, but it's good, man it's just worth it yeah, it's man. not like
1: yeah. like like you know I don't think that's just scary not, man but... I, don't, I don't
0: know what you talking
1: about man? <laughs> some, lights on. some
0: lights on in the closet for a minute sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, okay. Um next up for me is kind of along those lines. I read a post uh just about self-care, which those posts are so important. And hopefully we'll be getting up one soon on Rand Network because I mean, honestly, and and I don't think we'll even as a generation understand the psychological and physical impact of the racial injustice that's happening right now. I don't think we'll understand that for decades in the sense of like real genuine health problems that people are having because of the stress of these situations, particularly African-Americans. So, you know, I've lost sleep over some of these situations. Um, I haven't eaten. I've overeaten. I've been, you know, just in melancholy. All this stuff takes a toll on you. So you got to do something. And and one of these uh, articles I read said laughter and humor was some of the best medicine, right? It's age-old advice, but I wasn't being intentional about it. So typically, at least a couple times a week, I will set out 15, 20, 30 minutes just to laugh, um, Huge, and a lot of that is stuff online. So there's there's one particular dude, on, mostly on Facebook. His name is Jay Allen, J A Y. Okay, okay. Um, he, I think he first, he, well, he came to my attention. I think he came to a lot of attention because he had this post about almost falling in the toilet. And I just, <laughs> I just read this. I just read Bruh. it to you. Do you do you notice what I'm talking about?
0: I, I think so, man. But all that right. just that just hearing you say that is just
1: <laughs> hilarious. Right? Let me just say so. He puts this in a post on Facebook. It got shared over a hundred thousand times. This is what he said. I left the toilet seat up yesterday at 2 a.m. And at 2 a.m. this morning, it finally happened. To all the women in my life, past and present, <laughs> oh, I yeah, apologize. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Especially to my grandma. I get it now. And then he has like a dozen hashtags. He says, My knees hit my chest. Folded like a lawn chair. Scariest moment of 2016. <laughs> I knocked everything off the counter on my way down.
0: That was All the funniest one. I knocked everything life. off.
1: <laughs> this is what he said. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. He said, for some reason, I yelled, <laughs> who's in here? As I was falling. Thought I was being attacked. <laughs> I was still asleep. And then the last one, it says, hashtag survivor. Oh, oh my goodness. So every time I read that one and maybe listening, you don't get the effect, but just look up Jay Allen Toilet Seat. And sure. That's uh so funny. Yeah, and so his whole timeline is like that, but I'll go, I'll look for gifts, I'll look for memes, and uh it gets me through, man. It totally changes your 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 mood and your attitude. So that has been a massive, massively important survival technique for me in this year of L's.
0: <laughs> In the year of L, the year of the L. <laughs> nah, it's huge, man. Just getting around, just laughing. Yes. Oh, man, like it was funny. My wife and I, we, when we were uh, on the night of the recent presidential debate, which I heard was a disaster. Um,
1: <laughs> we, that we, it could be humorous from a certain perspective right, or right, tragic. <laughs>
0: you know, it's like humorous and it looks like a humorous tragedy, like you said. Exactly. Uh, and so we just made the intentional decision, like we're not going to watch the debate um you know we'll watch it later we're in a better frame of mind but it had been a stressful day so we just cut our phones off and we put on just this this funny movie um or it was it was wasn't really necessarily like a a comedy per se but it was just you know kind of like a kids type movie or teenage movie and we just put that on man and and it was sort of had some musical elements so we were singing and, and laughing and dancing and it's just like yo that's Sometimes you just gotta get away from that stuff and just Unplugged, laugh, man. Yes, yes,
1: yes. We're so
0: serious, and and man, sometimes that's just that's all it takes, man. That's,
1: that's good. Encouraging.
0: Okay, so my next one, um, I said everything wasn't gonna be black. I didn't say, you know, none of it. <laughs> none of it would be black. But anyway, um, so it's Black Panther, the comic book series um, by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So. I have to put some in that represents comic books. And so I thought about the Black Panther appearance in Civil War. I thought mm. about Luke Cage, which is a Netflix show that just came out. But I chose Black Panther because, not really because it's my favorite comic book ever, because it's not. I mean, Tanahasi Coates, who's a phenomenal nonfiction writer and blog writer, he's still emerging, still trying to find his voice as a comic book writer and it's really good don't get me wrong but it's not superior yet like he's still got to get some more under his belt but i picked it because it advances the black panther legend i think further than any other run and it kind of brings it into 2016. so for most people the definitive black panther run of comics was written by christopher priest or christopher j priest or just priest as he's called sometimes who was actually, ironically, he was a he's a Baptist minister, um, which is ironic. But mm. his run was was really deep and, and it's classic. But for some people, that's so it's so deep, it's inaccessible. And so what I love about Tana Coates is he kind of brings it into 2016 and still has some of that internal conflict of T'Challa in Wakanda, mm. but it has like a healthy angst, healthy emotional vulnerability that I think for us, particularly right now is powerful and empowering and cathartic. Just to see this mountain of a man, the, the richest superhero in comic book history, who has all these superpowers and has a country of insane technological advancement that's never been conquered, um, but has been invaded, but they, they were able to fight him back. But to see all these things that he's he has still, and yet he's still like struggling to measure up, still struggling to take time away for himself, still struggling to, to fight back evil. So I hope that the 2018 Black Panther movie involves this sort of complexity and this sort of internal honesty, because as I've said before, the big fight in the 60s in the, in the original, what we call the civil rights movement, which is, as you mentioned last episode, it's been a movement forever, right? But the, the civil rights movement in the 60s, in the 50s and 60s, the big fight was for dignity. And I think that's that's still our fight in some ways, but now our fight is is kind of more so on the complexity side, right? So we're back then we were fighting for people to acknowledge, recognize our dignity. Now we're fighting for people to acknowledge, recognize our complexity, that yes, we are not just image bearers. Yes, we don't just have dignity, but we're also have the right to be complex. So we have the right to be who we are, who God has made us to be. And that doesn't, obviously there's there's a standard and there's implications there, but we still have the right to be complex, emotional, loud, exuberant human beings, you know, which is a part of dignity, but it's something that's sometimes hard for people to grasp. Like we're not going to be what you think we're going to be. So I think that's really good. And I think Coates is pushing that idea and I'm, I'm here for that, man. So yeah, Black that's, Panther so wow. far has been, been a good run.
1: That's good, man, and I know you and Bo have been talking about this Luke Cage uh, Netflix series, just sort of along yes. the comic book lines. And I'm I'm sort of torn, like 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 I want to pull the president card and be like, I'm gonna get in on this conversation too. Go ahead, but man, get in. no, at the same time, I'm I maybe I maybe just want to let the experts talk. Uh, man, we no experts. You Please, black man. right, Jamar?
0: Jamar, you black. Look, so come on, man. Clearly, clearly,
1: clearly I could talk about <laughs> any issue pertaining to race and black people. Yeah, um, man. yeah, come yeah. On, that's bro. A, that's a little <laughs> tweet rant that that we yeah. can do. Um, <laughs> that's good. What's your number three, Jamar? Uh, I think I will lump this in. It's it's a one big heading with a couple subfields, but the big heading is community. Um, hmm. That has become important to me in a different way than ever before. So I haven't always been at churches that were fantastic in terms of preaching or, or community connection. In recent years, I have. And so having a spiritual community has been incredibly Uplifting and encouraging, especially when you can remember a time when you didn't have that. But the community I'm talking about is a spiritual community that is also concerned about racial justice. Yes. That for me. Oh, man.
0: Oh, come on. Preach, preach on this, Jamar. Give us three points on this.
1: (laughs) I don't know about three points, but I can say it has connected me with people on a deeper level than even just like hearing a sermon together and and saying Mm -hmm. amen. Right. Um, Because this community of folks shares not only my love for the Lord, but my concern for neighbor. And that's not always the case. So it's been folks, both black and white, um, younger, older folks who have mentored me, but it is everything to be able to send a text to somebody like you, Tyler, or you mentioned Ekemene, there's others. Um it's everything to be able to to gather occasionally with people in person and talk about yeah. this and process what's been going on in our world. Um, to me it makes me feel heard. Uh it makes me feel less isolated and uh I can I can it's iron sharpening iron, you know? Yes. So we're all trying to figure this out as we go. There's nobody out there who knows all the answers to our current situation in terms of uh, racial in and other forms of injustice. Anybody out there who claims they do is mistaken. So a lot of times I'll go to you guys and um, I'll just say, hey, how does this thought sound? Or I'm thinking about tweeting this or you know, should I write a blog post on this topic? And I'll get good input, honest yeah. input and feedback, and it'll help me shape my own ideas and my own thoughts about things. So community specifically, even past the mic, just getting on and talking with you, talking with Bo, talking to our guests, um, but as well as the past the Mic Facebook group, which you might bring up as well. Come but on, um man. that Yo. has been so encouraging to me.
0: It's you gotta have a safe place. Like you gotta yes. have a place to process. I know we we talk about safe safe places, safe spaces, and I think for some people it's just perceived in a way of of a fragility or we're brittle, and so we need. But it's not it's not that it's just a place to to be human and a place for to be fully known and fully embraced. Like the human plight is to be fully known and fully loved, right? Like, and I think. That is one thing that especially in our church circles, we find difficult when we start talking about racial justice is because we find out that it's a lonely road, and the Christian walk in and of itself is a narrow road, but then it seems like the road gets narrower <laughs> at certain yeah. parts you know yeah. so so and I think for, for a lot of people finding friends and finding um, just camaraderie that yes. fully embraces who you are is is tough man
1: and one thing we hear about a lot um through the, through the Facebook group or just in conversation is white brothers and sisters who are like, I'm in the middle of a white church. I'm trying to talk to my pastor. I'm trying to talk to our church leaders. I'm trying to talk to my friends and they're not hearing it. So it's been really interesting to me, um, to get to this point in, in the journey where you have, um, brothers and sisters, allies of different races who are also feeling this sense of isolation because, here they are concerned about their neighbor and, and issues of race and justice, but they're not really getting a hearing among, quote unquote, their own people. Right, so that's right. been interesting. And I think what you said about a safe place is crucial. I am not letting anybody hijack that term. Um, my whole life is has been a journey for safe places because I've often been the only African American or one of a few. Yes. And, um, you just feel like you always have to have your guard up in those kind of situations. So finding communities, um, whether they be all black communities, sometimes you just need that, or uh, mixed race communities of people who are on the same page as you. Um, there, I definitely would not even be speaking on this show today, apart from communities like that.
0: Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I think uh, like a lot of people, they. You know, they don't realize the weight, the crushing weight that exists when you don't have safe spaces. You know, like you just grin mm. and bear it and like clench your teeth. And it's like, oh, you you don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yes, there are going to be some times you're going to have to endure hardness as a good soldier, you know, as, as Paul tells Timothy. But, you know, there are other times where your endurance is really just you feeling like you're alone. And you feeling like you have to have a certain response because that's what people say you have to have, but it's not based on reality. So yeah, man. Anyway, safe spaces important, very important. Okay, let me get into mine. Third one. It's a song by an artist who's a friend of the show named KB, and it's a song called Tempo. Um, KB is very good, is a very good rapper, very good hip hop artist. Um, he's obviously with LeCrae's label Reach Records. And so a lot of that type of music typically has appealed to um and I know they've gone through a shift even recently, but a lot of that has appealed to kind of more youth groups and, you know, um white evangelicals. Um and so there's there's kind of been a shift in Reach Records over the past few years, probably five years or so. Um, where they've kind of been making music that seems more authentic to who they are and not just didactic theological music, but just music that reflects life. And KB's Tempo, it's the most – I don't know how to say this. It's the most biblically defiant song of the year
1: for me. Whoa! Um,
0: It's just defiant, man. Not defying
1: the Bible. (laughs) No, 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 no.
0: It's it's defiant. It's like biblically based, but I'm always impressed with how KB – weaves in and translate this deep theological truth to hip hop audiences. So there's one part when I was listening to it the first time where, you know, he says, he says this line, he says, I love God, do what I want to. And I kept looking, I kept thinking, I was like, man, is he quoting like Augustine when he was talking about, you know, love God and do whatever you please. And then I'm looking it up and I'm like pushed to see like, man, he's just like, man, this is just... This is biblical and and this is theological. And then there's there's one part where he says, um, "I'm gonna do what I'm called to do, not what's expected." Just for the record, just for the record. And mm. man, it's man, it's just such an encouraging song. It's the anthem for That's the a year. Get
1: hype song, like, yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It blows me away. And so I play it at absurd levels in my car on a regular <laughs> basis. And it's it's a song that typically starts my day, gets me gets me amped, gets me hyped. But uh, yeah, shout out to KB for the song. Tempo, he did a tempo tour, and I was able to go and peep it with um, our youth group, which was was encouraging. So, shout out nice. to KB for that.
1: Nice. Well, I'm gonna throw a song in there too. Um, it's a much more, I think, somber, reflective kind of thing. It's less mm-hmm. about going out and more about um, not 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 turning inward, but but it's more about uh, explaining something to okay. to a world that doesn't understand. And this is an old song, relatively speaking. Probably, I say what two years old. Or so. Oh,
0: okay, that's not. Old. I was thinking you were taking it <laughs> back to Curtis Mayfield and oh, you, Hathaway.
1: You know, this generation, this instant <laughs> generation, it's old to them. Um, no, it's called. It's a song called "Could Have Been Me" by Trip Lee. Okay,
0: Dope, dope. So yeah. They
1: they both on the same um, record label, uh, Reach Records. Trip Lee and KB. And I play this song "Could Have Been Me" in at least two different presentations that I do. And it is an extremely helpful song publicly for helping folks in the majority understand the burden that black people feel when they see these horribly tragic videos of men and women dying on camera. And, and, And here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so scary about being a black person in America. Death can come in the most mundane of circumstances. Yeah. We have seen death come to people in Walmart, to children in the park, to folks pulled over in a routine mm-hmm. traffic stop. Uh, you name it. It's just like it it's not like you're just, you're robbing a bank and in the middle of it something happens. Yep. Yep. It's not like you're walking through the crossfire of a shootout. You're just living life, doing normal people things that normal people do. And the next Human thing things, you know, waiting, waiting in the car for your kid to get dropped off at the bus stop, and you're dead. And that, 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 you don't have to speak to anything about the justice of the issue, whether you agree or disagree, whatever.
0: Or a criminal past. Right, right, you know. right.
1: You don't have to. See. The thing is, every time I step out my door. Especially because I drive a long way, a lot of times. There's this 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 little. It's, it's almost like a ringing in your ears, but it's a mental ringing in the back of your mind that this could be it. This could be the last time. And and so the song could have been me. I think captures that fact that in so many of these situations, what is so salient isn't the particulars of the individual. It's just that he or she had dark skin. And so publicly, I think it helps folks understand that dynamic and that reality that when you see somebody on the screen like that, you think it could be me. And then personally, it just, it kind of speaks to my soul and it's cathartic. It lets out all these sad emotions. So I talked earlier about humor and changing moods. Well, sometimes you have to sit in that grief and you have to understand it and you have to turn it over and, and not try to... You know, skip a rock over your sadness, but but dwell there for a minute, so so that you give justice to the full spectrum of your feelings, and that's yeah. what this song does.
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard for some people to realize, you know, that lament is such an intrinsic part yes. of the black experience. You know, so that's good. It just it is what it is. Like we're not going to get out of it. So anyway, um, man, that's good, brother. I, I'll give I'll give one man. I'm going to give my fourth one is a sermon, um, mm. classic sermon um it's called a wide view through a narrow window um it's by dr gardner taylor um yes. who since passed on passed away and um i probably mentioned it before on the show once before um or in the in the past the mic group but it was a sermon that was delivered um on youtube it's it's called i know my redeemer lives it's got part 1 and part 2 on youtube and it was delivered at the uh, lk williams ministers institute at the uh, now defunct bishop college Um, in Texas. And Bishop College was kind of this hotbed for producing qualified, capable, Christ-centered, you know, Black ministers and African-American pastors. And so Dr. Taylor, man, if you're not familiar with Dr. Taylor, look, he's widely known as one of the greatest preachers in the 20th century. Not greatest Black preachers, like the greatest preachers, like some people call him the dean of preaching. So- Mm it it's hard to say that a sermon is perfect <laughs> but you know because every human attempt you know to describe the work of god it's going to fall short and you're going to have some humanity in there but for my money this sermon right here it's the closest that i've ever heard to pulpit perfection um, it was preached to ministers and to aspiring pastors but the principles are really applicable to anybody who's listening. Um, just talks about the story of Job and the complexity of the human plight and experience and what it means and how Christ redeems. And, you know, if you've never heard him before, he's like the Rolls Royce of <laughs> African-American preaching. So you're going to get a masterclass, like you're going to get a fire hydrant. He, he he has tension in its buildup uh, of the sermon. He's got an expository emphasis um, he uses what what Dr. Robert Smith calls an economy of words. So he's very careful with his words. He's very eloquent, um, but he has the emotion as well. Not just in in his in his closing, which is amazing. It's dramatic. It's powerful. But also in the way that he exalts Christ. So you're going to get that emotion, and there's social awareness mixed in. So I, it's funny. I listened to this sermon every day um every 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 week and every day that I'm going to preach anywhere speak anywhere I listen to the sermon I find a way to fit it in um on a drive or whatever and um it's just so encouraging and inspiring and ah man it lifts you at the end it gives me the same feeling every single time I hear it so i probably heard it hundreds of times but it gives me that same feeling so okay on you YouTube doing? you can look it up what'd you say
1: we need to go ahead and link that uh, to yeah. the show notes for this one. Absolutely. And maybe yeah. even a whole, um, whole post on that on RAND. So.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. So it's called I Know My Redeemer Lives Part 1 and Part 2 on YouTube. So you can check it out. Um, and listen to it. It's only I think twenty five minutes combined. So wow, he, talk about he economy of power. Look, man, it's it's frustrating.
1: <laughs> you want it to be
0: lost. I'm like, not nah, well, not just that. Like it, it just seems perfectly timed, man. Uh, and not just that. It's just like, yo, you, you're like, man, I'm preaching. How long for the, you know, <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, Doctor Gardner Taylor, man, such an encourager. All right, so my what is this number four? Um, Or is this number five for me? Because I got to pick.
0: I think there's number five for you. Because I think oh, you say
1: Okay. All right. Well, I do get an honorable mention. So yeah, yeah, honorable yeah. mention will go to online activists. And they're not only activists online, right? They're activists in real life. But these oh, men and yeah. women have very active social media accounts. These are folks, if you're at all into, quote unquote, the movement, you've probably heard of them. D. Ray McKesson, Brit- Brittany Packnett. Um, there yeah. are some other folks out there whose views I don't completely agree with. Some of them aren't even Christian, but in terms of of race and justice issues, I find they have some really helpful things to say. So I like following them. I like seeing what kind of language they use, what kind of resources they access, and sometimes, frankly, they say stuff that I don't feel like I could get away with saying. And so <laughs> right,
0: right, I like yeah. reading. And I'm like, yeah, yeah,
1: hey, fans, you know, kind of, kind yeah. of right in the screen but um so yeah that's honorable mention but here's my last one and it should be yeah
0: i'll just throw i'll just jump in before you before you before you finish okay yeah. van newkirk yes uh, five fifths uh clint smith who's clint always smith. dropping knowledge and yep. uh, eve ewing as well so yeah just just some people who again you know might not even identify themselves as christians but i've, I've been very instrumental in educating us um, in just some of the social realities and giving us a crash course every day with their face, uh, or their Twitter timeline. So shout
1: That's out. That's good. That's Des- definitely, definitely. Um, okay. So number five for me should be fairly predictable given what I'm studying, uh, things that I, I talk about books that I read and it is studying history has, has Dude. been extremely impactful for me. Uh, this year in particular, as we look at these events on the news, particularly involving race, we, studying history allows us to see that these are not isolated events, but actually they're part of a long, longer story in our, our nation uh, that is in the past but is ongoing. And so I say this all the time, history is context. And as Bible people, you know, we hate it when people rip John 3.16 out of context and say, oh, well, you know, God loved the world. And he's going to say, everybody, you don't even need to believe in Jesus. Um, And then we say, no, no, no. Here's how he's using that in context. Well, I think in a similar way, we look at particular events whether that's a cell phone video or a statement someone made and we say here's where here's here's the story of that term or of, of this episode here's the trajectory of it here's the context and I think it helps it helps us understand better um, as a lot of historians say uh, it's not that the past repeats itself but history is prologue and without that prologue we can't understand um, the chapter that we're currently in so Absolutely. And I'll just, I'll just point this out as a specific thing. This is something I had not done before. I've been thinking about for a while. Just recently, I posted on my Facebook timeline a three-minute video of me talking about race literally on the edge of a real-life cotton field. So powerful, man. Jamar was in the cotton field.
0: I said, "What Jamar doing man. in the
1: cotton field, bro?" <laughs> bro, I was in there under a lot better circumstances than many other people who looked like me. Um, and Re- so, for me, when I moved down south, particularly, I grew up in the Midwest. Moved down south, man, thirteen years ago now. Um, it did something to me on a on a on a deep soulful spiritual level to be in the Mississippi Delta and to drive through cotton fields you know on the way to work or or whatever and 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 i've gotten out and i've i've gone into the fields just a couple of times and so i wanted people no matter where they were to feel that connection because when you're physically in the presence of this this plant then these fields and it makes you yeah. think of plantations and slaves mm. and whipping and rape and heat and forced wow. labor uh It becomes real. And I think when it becomes real like that, as with the study of history generally, it builds empathy. And if we can have empathy, then we can start to make real progress in terms of racial reconciliation.
0: Man, that's good, brother. Learning history. Anything in particular? Um, I know we've mentioned some some resources before is there anything in particular you just point to and be like man this is just rocking me right now i know you're probably reading the primary primary uh, sources
1: it's getting pretty doctor. deep i'm in some real academic texts um but i would really just say honestly people need to just go back and study the civil rights movement and the 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 problem with that is because it's so popular we have a very shallow and superficial understanding of it Um, But the but the reality is there's a heck of a lot more to know about the civil rights movement than most people probably do, and you don't even need to pick up a book. I'm talking like Google it, Um, and you can find a whole bunch of info. But that being said, I do think as far as a video, "The African Americans Many Rivers to Cross" by uh, Henry Louis was on my list
0: last year. Man, huge! I was number one on my list. Oh, nice!
1: Keeping record. I, um,
0: I don't know, but yeah, it was on my list, man. You it's guys still gotta Great check that out, Great
1: man. introduction, and and then you can even look. Uh, I don't ever, I'm, I'm. It don't ever use it against me, but you can even look up Wikipedia and the links that they have, the footnotes that they have at the bottom will lead you down rabbit trails. You'll find so much information you can never get through it all. So yeah, that's will. an easy, well. easy, easy place to start for folks who are new to it.
0: Yeah, anything by Henry Louis Gates. I know he's got some other stuff coming out on PBS. Um, I think it's called Still I Rise. Mm. Um, it's a new documentary that's coming yes. out in November, I believe. Um, just talks be about Black America since the death of, of Martin Luther King. So that's huge. Um, so really anything from Henry Louis Gates is going to peep you, um, give you give you some good game, man, um, All right, to, to look up. And um, yeah, so my final one before we... We close out, man. Thank you guys for just sticking with us, man. We just been really encouraging and cathartic, and it's just an enjoyable episode for me. Um, but my last one is a TV show. Um, it is called Atlanta. Ah, uh, <laughs> FX. Man, uh, gotta give a shout out uh, to Atlanta, man. Uh, man, Look, produced, created, written by Donald Glover. Save it, save it for the end of the year list, Jabbar. <laughs>
1: dude, all I'm saying is, any other town, man. Atlanta gets too much darn shine. Give uh, give, some, well, give some other southern cities some some love.
0: Well, here's the thing, man. <laughs> I think I think there's such a perception about Atlanta, right? Because it has it's it's a very black city, and it's a very complex city. And if you've been to Atlanta, you probably haven't been to Atlanta, Atlanta, like the the yes. real Atlanta. Speak and on so, that. You know, you probably been to Peachtree and some other little and the Coke Museum, but you haven't really been to like Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta, and so. You know when you when you see the heart of Atlanta, it kind of changes your view of like the touristy part of Atlanta, and um, it's hooked, man. I'm not; it's got me hooked. Like this show, I'm not a comedy guy typically. Um, I I try to watch serious, life changing dramas, (laughs) Um, but man, this this whole like like what you're talking about this whole period has just taught me so much about humor. So this this show encompasses the unique swag and the unique essence of like Atlanta hip-hop culture and it, it just embodies all of that and it's it's so brilliantly written that man it's it's covered so far and it's only been four episodes but it's covered so far relationships and the tensions there, mental health issues, the criminal justice system, perceptions of overall criminality. Um, poverty, family, sexuality, pursuing dreams, just all this all in one. And it's at, at, at always, there's always one part of the show that makes me laugh out loud. And that's hard <laughs> to do. Like I'm just watching the show and just I just spontaneously start laughing. Like that's very hard to do for me, but this is, man, it always gets me at least once. And there's this one crazy scene, I think it's in episode three. I'm not gonna give anything away, but it's a scene of a date he goes on, and it it was so reminiscent of every date I went on in my college years.
1: I was like, "Yo, was what was smooth that? as butter."
0: No, it was not. It was trash, man. Like, and I was like, "Yo, it was." I'm like, "Man, thank God for grace and God for progressive sanctification and yeah, um, for my leader."
1: Put yes. up with you.
0: And for my wife, man, for <laughs> Real. Because this was hilarious. It was he was basically he had no money, but he was taking her to this this place because the guy said, Oh, they got a happy hour menu, so it's gonna be cool. And they got, you know, cheap uh little little finger food that you can order. And then he gets there and she's like, We don't have the happy hour menu anymore. And he's like, uh, What?
1: <laughs> That's all. And I then was, his girl
0: yeah. is is she she's ordering like market fresh stuff and oh, all this man. and so he's like yo <laughs> I, it's I'm hilarious so, oh man it's um, hilarious so
1: well yeah. to, to it, supplement one smart it is yeah. extremely intelligent donald glover is ridiculously talented that brother is there anything he can't do uh as far as entertainment is crazy um But to round out somebody's knowledge about Atlanta, because you were talking about the real Atlanta, there's a book called White Flight, Atlanta and the Making of Modern Conservatism by Kevin M. Cruz, K-R-U-S-E. He's a professor at Princeton. And that is super interesting. It's basically, it gives you a little bit of insight. I mean, obviously, it's talking about conservatism mostly, but it gives you a little bit of insight as to how Atlanta ended up as ch- such a chocolate city with a very high number comparatively speaking of middle class and affluent blacks so that's just a little bit of supplemental reading as you as you watch Atlanta on FX
0: man that's encouraging man yo this has been such a fun episode such a necessary episode so necessary <laughs> listen I want you guys I want to hear what you guys what's getting you through 2016 man yes what's, what's pushing you through what are what are just some things maybe silly things maybe people? Um, it may be just you know going to the park with your kids, going to get ice cream, whatever it may be. Just drop us a line, man. Tweet us with your top five uh, things. You can actually tweet us with a hashtag, pass mic top five, or something like that, and just give us a couple of your things and um, or PTM top five. Let's make it. Let's make it simpler. So PTM top five because it's only one hundred forty characters for us on Twitter. So tweet us at the pass mic um twitter account which is at underscore passing the mic you can also tweet me at Burns 23 jamar at jamar tisby listen it is always helpful for us if you rate and review us on itunes also on the satchel app as well which is the only place for us to listen to podcasts um, it's not the only place you can listen to podcasts but it is our only choice because it's started by our producer bo york so yes. you want to download that it's an excellent app um also rate rate and review us like i was saying man leave us some we've been receiving some great reviews about previous episodes um you can also follow the the website at Rand network if you have any writing talent if you have anything you feel like you want to say write it out man send it to us info at randnetwork.org, and we'll definitely talk with you there um yeah i think i've covered everything man and also the the passive mic facebook group which is about to hit a K about man. to hit one thousand members, which is crazy. It's gone further than what we've ever expected. But if you need a safe place to develop and cultivate community, we have some Google Hangouts. This is the place to be, man. This is the place to work out reconciliation and justice from diverse perspectives, from a multi ethnic, multi denominational perspective, uh, and multi generational perspective. That's really going to encourage you. So you're gonna you're gonna find some people there. I firmly believe. That if you follow them and then get to know them offline, we'll become lifelong friends just from the passing the Mic For real, Facebook man. Group.
1: For real. So. Because we did a meetup in, um, in St. Louis just uh, during the LDR weekend over Labor Day. Absolutely. So
0: look us up, Pass the Mic on Facebook. Thank you guys for joining us, man. Again, this was just, I can't say enough about this episode. It's really encouraging for me. Hope it encouraged you. And we'll see you soon on the next Pass the Mic. You've been listening to Pass the Mic, a Podestary production. To find out more about this and other
1: shows, visit podestary.com. That's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y.com.